0: Can you all hear me okay? How many times do we ask that question? How many times have we asked that question in the last 18 months over Zoom? Can you hear me? Can you hear me all right? Can you hear me? No, you're on mute. Take your mute off and then we can hear you. And we asked this question so many times. I know for myself, we've been and visited family and tried to shout to them through the window and wave at them through the window. And we're going, can you hear what we're saying? And you're trying to lip read. And, you know... I don't know about you, but I find it particularly difficult to hear what people are saying when we've got masks on. I wear a hearing aid, which I take off when I've got my mask on because it just flies away and I lose it and then I have to pay a lot of money to get a new one. And and very often I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. But then you can't get any closer to people to actually hear what they're saying. And I think the last... 18 months have been one of those times where the main thing that I've said to people is, can you hear me? Or oh, I'm sorry, I can't actually hear you. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Sometimes we don't know what we're listening to because we actually can't hear it. You know, the definition of listen is to give one's attention to a sound to give one's attention to a sound. And there are many different types of listening that we can do. We can do informational listening, which is basically when you listen... To learn something. You know, hopefully we're all going to do that this morning. We're going to listen to learn something. I know I worked in school for many years before I worked for the church. And some kids were absolutely fantastic of doing something completely different. You know they're not paying attention. And yet when you say to them what did I just say? They can actually recount to you word for word, but you know it's not going in and they're not going to learn anything, but they can recount to you word for word what they have said. They're not necessarily listening to learn, but they've heard what you've said and they've got a bit of a skill going on so they don't get into trouble. Another form of listening is critical listening, where we listen to evaluate or analyse And sometimes this can be a bit of a precarious thing. Sometimes people don't like this sort of listening because they don't like to be challenged. They don't like someone to analyse or or evaluate what they're saying. We want everyone to just agree with us and just to keep going with us. And yet it's so important that we evaluate and analyse what people are saying. Is that right? Is that correct? Is that what I believe? And that we also evaluate what we say ourselves and we consider those things that we say. Another thought, another sorry type of listening is therapeutic or empathetic listening. That's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? And that's listening to understand someone's feelings or emotions. And I think that's a really important thing that we do. If we can listen in a way to understand other people's feelings or emotions, to maybe help them, to maybe walk with them. Some of us, let's be honest, we're not really very good at that. We want to listen so that we can answer. I know one of my biggest faults is I, wanna, I just want to join in the conversation. I want to listen to you enough so I've gathered what you want to say. I don't particularly want to hear the rest of it, but I want to tell you what I think because I just Want to join in because I just like to talk. And Paul will often say to me at home, I haven't finished yet. And I'm like, shame. <laughs> That's fine, I know you haven't finished, but what I've got to say is really important. That's a little glimpse into our home life. The other type of listening, which wasn't part of um these listening types that I found, but is selective listening. Does anybody know anybody who has selective listening? Our dog has got selective listening. She is a terrier. She would like to do as she's told when it suits her. When you are giving her a treat maybe and when there's not another animal present, then she will just do whatever you ask her. But if there's another animal present or there's no food or treats involved, then she will pretty much do what she wants. She has got some serious selective listening going on and I'm sure you know somebody who's a little bit like that as well. You know, so often we will listen, but we don't always remember what's been said. So it doesn't actually change us. It doesn't actually help us to become a different person. And I don't know about you, but so often when we listen to things, how easy is it to pick up the negative rather than the positive? We'll remember and we'll hear the negative things that are being said. And that will often lead us. Instead of being led by positive things, we're often led by the negative things that we hear. And that influences us so much more. You know, and sometimes it can be really hard to hear what is going on around us, to hear those positive things in a world of negativity. It can be really hard to hear those words of hope when there seems so much despair about. And I want to encourage you this morning to consider how much you listen to is actually what God wants you to hear. How much you listen to is actually something positive that's going to impact and change your life for the good. How much you choose to listen to is actually going to shape you and form you or Is it actually going to send you on a spiral of negativity? Is it actually going to give you a negative impact or opinion of a person or a situation just because somebody else has said it? So then we actually live our lives with our thoughts and our actions by somebody else's negative voice that's in our head instead of something that we've decided for ourselves. So I want to encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you with what you listen to. Allow God to speak to you. Listen to him above and beyond the noise of this world. Above and beyond the negativity that goes on. We need to spend time listening to God and the Holy Spirit. So his voice is louder in the noise of this world. His voice is the loudest voice that we hear. You know, we've got an Alexa at home. There are other devices that you can use as well in accordance with that. But our Alexa has suddenly decided that it doesn't want to listen to Paul. Not really particularly sure why... The whole of the rest of the household did get accused of doing something to Alexa so that it did this. And Paul has found that the only way that Alexa will actually respond and listen to him is if he sounds like me and the girls. Alexa obviously has a preference for us. So instead of using his masculine voice to ask Alexa to play a song, he has to go, Alexa! And at this point, Alexa's little light comes on. And we'll listen to Paul and do what Paul says. But if he uses his masculine voice, Alexa just does not want to know and does not want to hear him. But you know, in the same way, we can make a choice just like Alexa's done and choose not to listen to those negative things that go on, but instead only choose to listen to those positive things, those good things, and make that choice on what you're listening to. I'm not quite sure what Alexa's got going on, but we as Christians can make that choice. We as individuals, no matter where we're at in our faith, can make a choice what we listen to so i'm going to read to you this morning from an account in the New Testament, and it follows on from a time when um Paul and Silas um, meet this young woman in the workplace and she's been um doing some different things and 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 basically what happens is they cast an evil spirit out of her. And at this point, the the people who own this young woman can no longer use her for what she's been doing. She's been fortune-telling and different things. And these owners are really cross. They've just lost their livelihood. And we pick the story up in the account in Acts 16, where Paul and Silas have been thrown into jail because of what they've done. So I'm going to read to you from Acts 16, 23 to 40 in the Passion Translation. It says this after they were severely beaten they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely so the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and the other pri- sorry had their feet bound and chained paul and silas undaunted undaunted they've just been severely beaten They've just been securely put in the middle east cell of the jail with the hands and feet bound, Paul and Silas, undaunted. And undaunted means not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger or disappointed. Just think about that for a second. If you'd been severely beaten and thrown in jail, would you be undaunted? These guys were undaunted prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly, a great earthquake shoot the foundation of the prison. All, all at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell "'standing open, assuming that all the prisoners "'had escaped, he drew his sword "'and was about to kill himself. "'When Paul shouted in the darkness, "'Stop, don't hurt yourself, we're all still here.' "'The jailer called for a light. "'When he saw that there was, they were still in their cells, "'he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. "'Then he led Paul and Silas outside "'and asked, what must I do to be saved? "'They answered, believe in the Lord Jesus "'and you will be saved, you and all your family.' Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and all his family. Even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he and his family were baptized. They had a busy night, didn't they? He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at the table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. At daybreak, the magistrates sent officers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let those two men go. The jailer informed Paul and Silas, the magistrates have sent orders to release you, so you're free to go now. At this point, I would have ran a mile, but listen to what they say. But Paul told the officers, Luke... They have beaten us in public without a fair trial and we are Roman citizens. Do you think we're just going to quietly walk away after they threw us in prison and violated all our rights? Absolutely not. You go back and tell the magistrates that they need to come down here themselves and escort us out. When the officers went back and reported that Paul and Silas had told them, the magistrates were frightened, especially upon hearing that they had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. We need to understand at this point, if you were a Roman citizen, then you were entitled to certain things. You weren't allowed to just be thrown into prison. You weren't allowed to just be beaten. You had to have a trial before it. You had extra rights than other people, and they hadn't been given those rights. So they went to the prison and apologized to Paul and Silas, begging them repeatedly, saying, please leave our city. So Paul and Silas left the prison and went back to Lydia's house, where they met with the believers and comforted and encouraged them before departing. And I just want to loop very quickly this morning, it's the different people and how listening actually changed what happens and how if we listen in in the same way or if we speak to people in the same way, then we can see change in our lives too. You know, when we truly understand and listen to God, then it's despite our circumstances, despite everything that is going on around us, then God can actually change the course of our life, but also the course of the lives of those people that we come across. So the first thing I want to say to you this morning is listen to faith in captivity. I don't know about you. We're quite clearly not sitting in prison cells this morning. Somebody listening online maybe, I don't know. But maybe you find yourself in a different sort of prison. Maybe you find yourself in a prison of anxiety. Maybe you find yourself in a prison of ill health. Maybe you find yourself trapped within a relationship or something where you feel captive. But God wants to encourage you this morning that if you have faith in your place of captivity, that it can bring a mighty change to your life. You know, we see in this account the prisoners listening to Paul and Silas sing and pray. You know, I don't know about you, but by this time of night, I'm ready to go to sleep. I'm like, it doesn't matter where I am, I might be in prison or wherever, but I want to go to sleep at night. I don't want to be listening to somebody singing a song and praying a prayer, so just be quiet. And, you know, it's a little bit like that in our house at times. You know, I can often feel like that. I live with a very noisy person. His name is Paul. He likes to sing and make lots of noise at times. And when I'm stressed and when I'm just not feeling it at times and not feeling very, very spiritual maybe, I'm just like, "Well, you shut up praying and singing to God? And, yeah, all of these prisoners who, you know, you would think, well, they're perhaps not particularly very nice people because they're in prison for some reason, whereas I would class myself as a nice Christian girl, and I still feel like that sometimes. But these people are in prison, so they've clearly done something wrong, and yet they're all sitting there, listening, and enjoying the show. And I just, it doesn't make sense to me. All I can think is that God himself has turned up in that prison in his power, by his spirit, and is moving in those lives. And do you know the reason I know it? Because when the earthquake comes and the doors all fling open, none of them run away. Why would you not run away? If your prison door flung open, why would you stay in there? Why would you stay in that place apart from the fact that what was going on in the prison was better than what was going on outside? The presence of God in that place must have been so tangible, so almighty. They must have been so awestruck by it that they decided it was better to stay in prison and face the consequences of what's coming than to actually try and go go somewhere else. Listen to God instead of your fear. Sometimes he's calling you to stay in places where you are. Listen for joy and hope and faith in your places of captivity. Because they're there if you look for them. You know... I believe that Jesus is our protector and our provider. And if we find ourselves in difficult places, then it's through faith that he can help us. He can shape the foundations of what has got hold of us so that we can be set free. So that we can live a different way and no longer have to be trapped and enslaved. The second thing I want to say to you this morning is listen to hope in the darkness. You know, the prison guard, it says that he realised he was woken up by the earthquake and realised that all the prison doors were flung open. And it said he was about to throw himself upon his sword. And the reason he was going to do this was because the punishment for him would have been death anyway. So he was about to throw himself on his sword. And yet he listened in that dark place, and it must have been dark because it said he then went and called for a light, when Paul shouted to him and said, don't hurt yourself, we're still all here. And he listened to that hope in that dark place and it saved his life from death. And then he listened again and he heard what had gone on and saw what was happening, saw all the prisoners were still there, realised that his livelihood was saved and suddenly salvation comes to his own house. So not only is his own life personally saved, but then when he continues to listen to Paul and Silas in that dark place, then his whole household come to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, the one who can not only save you from a physical death, but also from a spiritual death too, that Jesus wants to set you free and bring you out of that dark place and bring light to you. Jesus wanted to create a way where there was no way when he died on the cross. And in the same way, he calls us to create that way where there is no way for other people to be that light in their dark place that they see no way out of. He asks us to call out to them and let them know that there is hope in those dark places, just like there's been for us. And it's life transforming. You know, I read recently the story of Helen Keller, She rose to be a major 20th century humanitarian educator and writer and she was a huge advocate for blind people and for women's suffrage Um, and she co-founded the American Civil Liberties Union and she was deaf and blind. That must be a dark place, to be deaf and blind. And yet when she talked about how she had gone on to do so many amazing things in her life and how she'd found hope um, in such difficult circumstances. She talked about her teacher who had helped her. Um, and her teacher was called Anne, and Anne herself was blind. Um, and she'd become blind as a child through an illness. And Anne had found herself um, in a poor house when she was young. And at the time... They they caged her because she was like a wild animal. Nobody could reach her. Nobody could help her. Until an elderly floor maid began to come in and sort of felt sorry for her and started to bring her little bits of cake that she'd made and and, and just little acts of kindness towards her. And Anne eventually began to calm down when, when the floor maid was about. And the doctors then brought this floor maid in and they were able to examine Anne and they realised that she was blind. They, they realised, actually, this isn't some crazed person she's actually blind she's got some difficulties going on and if we can help her and from that place they took her to um, a school for blind people and it was from that place that she went on herself to be an educator and then helped to educate Helen Keller who was deaf and blind and she and Helen Keller says if it wasn't for that floor maid in that In that place at that time, with Anne, I may never have been where I am today, and it 's those acts of kindness in dark places that can actually transform and change our lives and change our future. Sometimes actions are louder than words, sometimes reaching out to someone can make a huge world of difference, you know maybe doing something. ...for someone else that you've never had yourself... ...and you think, I wish somebody could have done that for me in my childhood... ...and yet to do it for somebody else could actually change... ...and transform their life as they go on. I've got a couple of pictures for you this morning... ...if we can put them on, Ruben. This is Mr Chen. And Mr Chen lives near a bridge in China... ...that is called, and I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly... ...the Neijing Yantins Bridge. I'm sorry if I've got that wrong... And over the last 13 years, Mr. Chen has visited this bridge every weekend because it is a notorious bridge for suicides. And over the last 13 years, he saved 321 lives by basically doing this. You know, there are many people in dark places. Maybe you are in a dark place, but there is hope. There are people who care. Reach out to those people in your world. Just a simple act of kindness can transform and change somebody's future. And just like for Anne and Helen Kelly, you never know who that person you're helping is going to be and is going to become. So reach out to people. Offer hope in their dark places. And if you're in a dark place, listen out because hope is there and hope is calling you from that place and wants to bring healing to you. The next thing I want to say to you is listen to justice and righteousness. You know, I love that Paul and Silas actually stood up for themselves. They knew who they were as Roman citizens. They knew what they were entitled to. Do you know who you are as a child of God? Do you know what you're entitled to? Do you know who you are as a member of the human race and what you're entitled to? You know, there are times when we need to stand up for ourselves. So often we think, oh, I'll just let it go. Oh, it doesn't matter. And You know, I really believe that God wants us to stand up for ourselves in a kind way and not in in an unkind way, not in a way where we put other people down. But God calls us to stand up for ourselves and to know what we are entitled to. But he also calls us to stand up for other people. Jesus came to put things right in society. Jesus came to put things right in our world And we have an option to outwork that in our society today. We have an option to do that, to bring change to our community, to bring change to people's lives. If only we stand up for and stand with people who need us to be that voice. Mark 14 verse 7 says this, and this is Jesus talking. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. Jesus said we can help the poor whenever we want. I think so often the question is, do we actually want to? Do we actually want to stand up for righteousness and justice? Do we actually want to stand up for the things that are right? Do we actually want to stand with our brothers and sisters and say, I'm with you in this difficulty. I'm with you through this season. I'm with you while you feel like that. And as a church, we should do that. But how often do we fall short? How often do we miss out on standing up for righteousness and justice? And I believe that God's calling us not necessarily to be as a church but to go deeper and have a deeper impact on those grassroots issues that cause things in our society to not sit well and to not be well in this world so as a church we need to love bigger we need to care more we need to stand with those who are marginalized and pushed to the side And it's not an easy journey because we don't always get it right ourselves. But God calls us to listen to justice and righteousness. And sometimes that comes down to having that um, evaluating and critical listening so that we actually realise when we get things wrong ourselves, when we have wrong ideas or thoughts on things ourselves, that God can challenge us and call us to be better people and to stand with those who need us. You know, putting things right leads to peace. Peace doesn't come first. Putting things right leads to peace. We have to look to put things right within society. We have to look to put things right within our lives. We have to look to put things right as we stand with those who are struggling. And from that place, we can find peace. Stand out. Speak up for others. Look at what we can change. And the biggest question, do we actually want to help in the first place? And the last thing I want to say to you this morning is listen to encouragement from the most unlikely of places. You know, I find Paul and Silas just amazing throughout this whole account, the different things that they do. You know, they'd they'd stood up to the magistrates so that the magistrates had ended up coming to apologise to them, and then... As soon as they are let free from prison and they've been asked to leave the city, but they don't. They go to Lydia's house, which was where the church was being held at the time. You know, they'd just been beaten. They'd spent the night in prison. They'd they'd had a bit of a rough time of it. They'd, They'd confronted the magistrates over how they'd been treated. And yet, what did they do? They went straight to church. How often do many of us, when we're having a tough time, think... Oh, I can't cope with going to church today. I'm not going to go to church. It's just too difficult at the minute. Yet Paul and Silas have been through more than probably any of us will ever go through in our lifetime in one night. And yet where did they choose to go the next day? They chose to go straight to church. And I think from that, God is trying to tell us something. When you're having a tough time, when things are difficult, when things are hard, the best place to go is to church and to be with God's people especially in the tough times. And Paul and Silas didn't go to church in Lydia's house to have someone come and pray for them and say, oh, are you okay and let me help you? Paul and Silas, he said, went to church to go and encourage the other believers. jail they've been flogged they've had all this stuff go on they're probably high as kites because the jailers just got saved but then they come to to church and you think they just want to sit down and everyone sort of say oh well done you've done really well but no they've not come for encouragement they've not come to, to have their wounds licked but they've actually come to encourage other people and to inspire those that they're with You know, when Jesus invites us in, our fears and our doubts and everything we go to is dwarfed by his presence. And I believe that's what happened with Paul and Silas. Through the darkest of days that they'd been through, through the high and the low of the night before, they actually came out of that place full of empathy and love because of what God had done in and through them. And yes, it had been difficult. Yes, it hadn't been pleasant. But they still had so much passion in them to go and help and encourage others. Charles Spurgeon says this, My dear friend, when grief presses you to the dust, worship there. And Paul and Silas knew this. They knew that when grief and hard times and difficulties come and crushes you down to the core of who you are, to the dust so that there's nothing left, that that is still a place where you can worship. That is still a place to find praise for God. That is still a place to love other people from. That is still a place to encourage people in. And yes, It's not easy. I'm not saying it is. But when we're listening to God and listening to the Holy Spirit, then it actually changes and transforms our mindset to one that says, help me, look at me, but actually becomes outward looking, just like Jesus was, to say, how can I help somebody else? How can what I'm doing now save lives? How can what I'm doing now transform destinies? Just like Jesus when he died on that cross for us, and he could have thought, I think I've listened to the wrong thing here. But actually, through the death and the resurrection, we see victory and new life come. You know, there is great power in listening to others and being listened to. There's greater power, I believe, in listening to the Holy Spirit and what God's calling us to do. And what he's asking us to do for others. Listen to God as he guides you and calls you. Ask him to speak to your life. Ask him to help you in the darkness, in the difficult days. And from those places that you'll be able to help and support and bring new life to other people. And you know this morning if you don't know Jesus... He wants to reach you in that place where you find yourself. Maybe it is a place of captivity. Maybe it is a place of darkness. Maybe it's none of those places. But Jesus wants to speak to you. Jesus wants to encourage you to listen to him today and to hear what he's got to say to you. For those of you in the building, if you just want to stand, we're going to pray together. And then we're going to sing. If you're at home, you can sing. If you're in the building, you can hum along. We're going to sing a song called The Way, and I just really believe that God wants to this morning begin something new within us. He wants to do a new thing within us where we hear him, and from that place, it will actually change our future, but change the future of those around us because of what we listen to and how we listen. Father God, I just pray that by your spirit, you would just come and meet us where we're at. Holy Spirit, you would tune our ears into you, so that we hear you above the noise of this world, so that we hear you above the noise of our own selves at times. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would help us, that you would renew within us a desire to hear you above all things. God, I pray that through every battle we go through, through every blessing we find ourselves in, through it all, that we will hear you. And from that place, you will do a new thing. You will do something fresh within us, just like we saw for that jailer and his family, just because he listened in that dark place. God, that you brought new life to him, that you brought a new way for him to follow. God, I pray that you would do something new in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.